You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we move forward with our Nip Tuck rewatch. We're, of course, into season two, episode 15, the penultimate episode of a fantastic season of television. This episode is entitled Sean McNamara, a name that we're all very familiar with because he is one of the stars, of course, of our show. First aired on September 28th, 2004, my dad's birthday. There you go. Uh, It was directed by Michael M. Robin, and it was written by Brad Folchuk, and a lot to get into with this one. My name is Ben, and I knew I should have double-bagged it with you. And I'm Nick, and uh, I got my DNA results last week. HIV, chlamydia, gonorrhea, I'm clean. Oh, I'm so happy, Nick. Congratulations. I'm so proud. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, it's nice to pass the test for once. Yes, for once. (laughs) Failed it a few times in the past, have we? (laughs) No no comment. No those, those dirty Hamilton sheep, um, they just they need to get their act together. But uh, yeah, we've had a few, of course, uh, episodes which sort of steered away from some of the main things here on season two, but we're, we're really ramping it up now, moving forward. Obviously, we're really getting into this Carver stuff uh, into these last two episodes and um, really kind of leading into what's going to be a one hell of a finale. But uh, I mean, just overall generic thoughts, uh, I guess, really on Sean McNamara, the episode, not the uh, the character. Well, I think this is um, potentially close to the the perfect episode of the show. And yeah, I mean, I really enjoy the finale, but um, I don't think I'm giving too much away by saying that this is a, a phenomenal episode of the show. I think it just hits on so many good points. I think you get a, um, you know, because quite often on the show, you do get these kind of mini storylines that, that come in over one or maybe two episodes and they can be a little bit, um, I guess, unsatisfying at times. Whereas this, you know, the whole thing with Christian, I think is a really satisfying one episode story arc, which is a lot of fun. So there isn't a lot of, a lot of fat to cut out of this episode. It's a good one. Yes. Uh, I would agree with you for the most part, although I would probably say the next episode might be a very much a perfect episode in Nip Tuck, but I'm sure we can cover that. Uh, a little bit more when we get to that. But uh, obviously we start out... It's been a while since we've kind of really had a, a Christian picks up a hot chick scene, isn't it? Like, obviously he was involved with Natasha for a little bit. Uh, so kind of we had a bit of a domesticated Christian. But uh, nope, here we go, straight into the thicker things. We've got Christian with his head in a girl's ass. Why not? Um, it's Miss Campton, Captain? Um Basically, uh, she's been divorced. She's what, got some weird spot or something on her ass. And essentially, this all just leads into Christian just boning her, essentially, on the desk. Why not? Um, and I love it when they sort of leave the room and uh, needs to come in for a follow-up. And what, is, what does she say? I think I can fit you in. Could have these uh, lovely little sexual innuendos. But uh, this leads in to uh, going back into Christian's office. And who's sitting in the chair? We don't quite get the the epic reveal of her spinning around, sort of like a Dr. Evil-style Blofeld character. But she's already sitting there. It's Gina. And, of course, what's she going to say? Hey, asshole. Um, you know you're in for a good episode when you've got Gina spinning around. Um, and this obviously leads us into... Um, some great lines here from Christian. What does he say? Like, you're like herpes. Every time I think you're gone, I get a Gina infection. Um, and we find out that Gina's got HIV. Um, and she's recently been tested. She's had it for about six months or a year, which of course automatically is going to affect Christian. 
And, uh, yeah, we get another great uh, little fight scene between these two. We always talk about how good uh, Gina and Christian fight scenes are and just kind of their back-and-forth insults. And, of course, it leads to the uh, the burning question, uh, no pun intended, uh, that uh, they need to get in touch with James and Wilbur because, uh, obviously, uh, she doesn't want to make sure that uh, Wilbur has, hasn't got HIV. Um, and we get some great lines, you know, when Gina's sort of saying, like, you know, the difference between you and I is I take responsibility for my mistakes. Uh, just all this kind of stuff there. And then, of course, uh, basically kicks her out. Christian then walks away. We get this weird little editing slow-mo sort of fade in on his face uh, before we get to the uh, opening titles. I mean, you know, it's kind of a very... Uh, you know, intense opening. We've got Christian having sex and Christian possibly having HIV. So, you know, why not? Welcome to Nip Tuck Season 2, Episode 15. Yeah, we get straight into it. I mean, um, one of the things I really love about that opening scene is, um, I mean, I assume most plastic surgeons don't bang their uh, their patients in the office. Um, <laughs> you know, it just feels so like, you know, that just the, the logical part of my brain is like, this is so um, unprofessional, you know. Um, but, you know, it's a great scene. And um, I, I do love the thing when she kind of comes, they come out of the room and Nurse Linda gives the, you know, Nurse Linda doesn't get a lot of lines, but she does often get the, um, you know, the, the eye roll, the look or whatever it is, which is always <laughs> quite funny. Um, and yeah, for whatever reason, that whole scene has, has stuck with me for a while because I always remember that one. I, I think it's just because this is such a great little storyline with Christian in this episode. But um, it's always good to see Gina back, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, I think it just you know just kind of sets up a, a pretty interesting thing going forwards here, really. Mm, yeah, um, it's it's interesting you're saying with like Nurse Linda. This is this is no Liz, no Liz in this episode at all. So um, you know, Nurse Linda has to kind of play the uh, the eye rolling assistant in uh, McNamara Troy this episode. Um, yeah, because you know, no Liz at all. Um, now post credits, uh, post uh, title, sorry. Um, we have another Carver victim, but uh, slightly different this time around. We have a male model rather than, of course, we've only really seen uh, females uh, at this stage. And uh, we find a uh, story a little bit here. According to IMDb, this guy's name is nothing more than Mr. Rock. Um, and uh, basically he tells us the, the harrowing and terrible life story that he has, Nick. You know, he was on the beach and he was discovered because he was good looking. So therefore he became a model. Just, just what a terrible life that guy leads, you know. Obviously pre-getting attacked and raped. Uh, but <laughs> I'm not trying to take away from this terrible attack that he's had. But I'm sorry, I can't feel sorry for him. His sob story about, oh, I didn't want to be a model. Oh, <laughs> poor thing, being so good looking that somebody wanted to pay you for nothing more than your looks. Um, and wasn't he also pre-med as well? So not only is he, you know, um, good looking, he's also intelligent too. Yeah, exactly. Some people uh, get all the breaks. I'm sorry, I fucking hate people like that. Like, you know, you should be smart yeah, or good choose looking. One yeah, you know? choose one. Exactly. Totally. I, I'm good looking. That's why I do podcasts. <laughs> not yeah, smart. Yeah. Uh, and you're, you're both, Nick, so I hate you. Uh, <laughs> so, but um, obviously we, we sort of get a subtle reference that Naomi Gaines got a cover. I think that was a nice little throwback, obviously, uh, in the episode when, you know, we first met her and learnt about the carver. We kind of heard that little bit about how she was so close to booking a cover. So kind of that's a nice little way of uh, bringing in a former uh, character without bringing in a former character. But uh, obviously we do find out here, sadly, that uh, this guy has been raped. Um, so this, I think it's, it's an interesting um, plot twist in a way because I guess 
it's not often that we kind of have these storylines on TV shows where you've got someone who's like a serial rapist who kind of rapes both men and women, if you know what I mean. It's 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 a very rare thing to have, and I think it's 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 well done because it really does. When we amp up into season three with this whole Carver storyline, it keeps you guessing, does it not? Of like who this could be, because obviously you know with the fact that this this you know, monster is is raping both men and women. It's kind of everyone's in danger, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's very intense. Uh, it's not often that uh, you know male rape, I guess, gets um, you know front and center in terms of a, a dramatic storyline. But as we co- often you know discover with Nip Tuck, then they're, they're not afraid to sort of tackle things like this. Yeah, totally. And I think it probably just goes back to the whole thing that. Um, you know, the, the Carver thing is about, you know, it's a power thing. It's, you know, there's no kind of, you know, this person might be a, a rapist, but, you know, the, the actual sexual part of it is not really what's driving this this attacker. It's it's more about the power and making a point as well, um, which is obviously what we're going to get later in the episode. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, for a, for a large part, it's actually not about the, the sex. That's kind of just an add-on. And, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, I think it is really interesting that you've kind of got the whole thing about it being a guy and it's different and, you know, and I, I think you kind of get in, in quite graphic details, you know, about, you know, that he gets drugged because that's an important fact that we get here is that, you know, this guy, you know, he gets raped because he's been drugged and, and um, paralyzed and, you know, that's obviously going to be an important part of, of how the Carver does what what they do throughout, the you know, the rest of this season and then into next season as well. And I think... The way the storyline is developed with the Carver and just, you know, as I think we've mentioned before about how this was really the storyline that put Nip Tuck front and centre in terms of the public in, in gripping the audience in terms of who is the Carver. And I just think it's it's beautifully crafted and obviously we'll get so much into that in season three with just the little plot points that come into it to really keep you guessing and there's nothing really we can say with that without spoiling it. But, um, you know, I think this is just the start of kind of something that will always keep you guessing with it and... Um, yeah, I mean it, it's it's brutal the the things that we're hearing from this guy about what happened to him, and it's I think it's it's done in a way that you know often just even the the portrayal this this guy has where he says like look this is you know doctor patient confidentiality because obviously a, a big stigma I guess with you know sexual assault victims that are men is that you know it's kind of perceived as not something that a lot of men would talk up about given I guess the differences in this sort of stuff. So I guess it's kind of it's done in such a way that I think you know it's it's. It's, it's, it's hard to say it's done in a nice way when we're talking about, you know, a man who's been raped. But I think you, I think you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, you know, it's a, it's a difficult one to cover. But I think, you know, the, the thing we love about the show is that it does these things. And, um, you, you know, it doesn't pull any punches. And I, I like the fact that the show goes places that other places wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, other shows just wouldn't go here. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we obviously get the little throwaway line from him when he says about, you know, oh, we need to test you for HIV. And he's like, oh, well, the guy wore a rubber. You know, I guess he thought all male models were gay. And, of course, we get kind of the zoom in on Christian's face, who's obviously, you know, he's still trying to take in this news that he could be HIV positive. So we then get a sort of a scene with him uh, testing himself. Um, And basically he updates Sean about the situation um, you know, apparently only slept with Gina three times. That's a bit strange. Um, I do like that line though. Uh, what does Sean say? Like, oh, you know, you you didn't engage in anything, you know, dangerous, multiple partners, anal sex. What does Christian say? Like, oh, I'm not even going to go back there if the monkeys don't go back there or something like that. <laughs> I don't know the <laughs> yeah. specific line he says, but it's kind of like, you know, just a, a, the line that he says in sort of this really serious moment. 
Um, but I mean, I think what this does well is obviously like we kind of get Sean's speech about this isn't the eighties anymore. You know, it's, it's a lot more out there in public and sort of Christian's negative side where he's like, you know, no one talks about the side effects of the cocktails, you know, no one talks about, uh, the people dying anymore. It's only about the, uh, the good stories about people surviving. Uh, and then he's basically like, oh, I might as well just donate my dick to charity. Uh, and obviously, you know, talking about the effects this could cause on the business, because, you know, would you want an HIV positive uh, surgeon, um, you know, working on you there? And I, I do, obviously, the line there where Christian says, like, stop being a doctor and start being my friend, um, which, you know, is is quite a nice little scene. And Sean's obviously saying, like, yeah, you've got to get to your BlackBerry and uh, start calling some people. Dates this episode slightly when Blackberries were still cool. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The one question I have in all of this scene is, like, we're going to get to this scene in a minute where Christian's going through his list. And obviously, you know, we're going to comment on that list. But, like, am I... Am my alarm bell's not going off here. Okay, let's analyse the fact that Christian possibly has HIV by sleeping with Gina. He has fucked Kimba since he has fucked Gina. Sean has fucked Kimba since Christian. So, like, why isn't Sean also going, holy shit, I too might have HIV? Yeah, it's a good point, actually. I hadn't, I hadn't really put the... Uh connected the dots in that way before so it's interesting that you bring that up um yeah i mean it's interesting that that doesn't come up at all really really good point there (laughs) i don't really have a good answer for you yeah i mean even the the prostitute that they had the threesome with you know what i mean it's kind of like yeah 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 there's possibilities here and i know we kind of get to kimber in this episode Hold on a minute. I do remember seeing Sean, um, Sean pulling out the or Christian pulling out the condoms when they had the three way. So True. he might be he might be lucky there. But um, yeah, I think it's it's uh, not looking good for Sean either way. So yeah, and especially somebody like Sean who is good at dishing out the advice when it's other people in trouble, but when it's him, yeah. he uh, yeah he he freaks out big time. So yeah, I think I think that is a little bit of a uh, narrative gap that you found there. Just it's just something that kind of bugged me, but I do like we get we cut to Christian uh, on the phone ringing through his list. Now I've written down this list here, um, Nick, because I, one thing I will say I like about the fact here is that we kind of, you know, we get this list of people that we know Christian has had sex with. Uh, but having said that, I'm assuming he would have had sex with more people that we didn't see on screen. So to me, that's yeah. quite a short list for Christian in 12 months. Um, but, I mean, how long was he with Natasha for? But uh, so the list here, I've written this down. We've got Betsy. Uh, we've got a person who we shall not name, but uh, did work for them and slightly disappeared. Uh, we have Andrea Hall. We have Natasha. We have Gwen Camden, which I'm guessing is that lady he just had sex with. We have Manion Mabika, who we've obviously seen, Raylan, uh, I don't know who that is, Kelly Appleton, Kimba, and Erica. Now, are we missing Mandy and Randy? I mean, was that that was before Gina, though? Never mind. Um, I don't well, know if there's I, anyone we missed before after that because I feel like he would have had sex with more people than that. Was it, whereabouts was Erica in relationship to um, to to? Gina. Gina, well, well, Erica, we didn't meet Erica, did we, till season two. So uh, Erica was definitely post-Gina because uh, Erica's right at the beginning of this season because, remember, she came into it in the first episode um, for Sean's 40th. So, And Gina was obviously in last season because that's when the whole baby thing happened. So Erica definitely was post. But Grace... Oh, I said her name. Oh, God. Um, but... <laughs> I said I'd never say a name again on this podcast. Should have edited that out. But she, 
I mean, the tension between them sort of built up to the point where I think that would have been post-Gina. But I just, it just seems weird to me that there's only like 10 people on that list. I don't believe that in 6 to 12 months since he's known Gina that he's only had sex with 10 people. Well, I mean, uh, let's let's say that uh, some of these women are actually um, forcing, well, not forcing, it's probably the wrong word, but um, strongly um, suggesting that Christian should wear a condom. I don't get the, the feeling that he is the kind of guy that would never wear a condom. Um, yeah. but I figure unless he's told to, um, he's probably not going to, that's not going to be his first impulse. And, you know, like obviously he's a guy who, um, impulsively has sex with women, as we've seen right at the start of this episode. So, you know, he's probably not going to be. You know, well, I mean, he might carry a um, a box of condoms in his in his <laughs> drawer. It's definitely a possibility. But um, I think probably more often than not, if Christian sees an opportunity to bang somebody and he doesn't have a condom handy, that's not going to stop him. But I think if he uh, has the opportunity, I mean, he even says to to Jeannie, you know, you should have double bagged it. So, I mean, I don't. He's he's against um, the use of condoms. So maybe we're just these are the ones that he's had unprotected sex with. Possibly. I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to help him out. That's a, that's a good point there. But, uh, I mean, look, I, I will say that despite we're trying to nitpick here, I, I do like the kind of throwback, though, the fact that we've got certain psychologists on there that I've already mentioned a name, you know, Manion Beaker, you know, people that we know he's hooked up with. I kind of just think that's a nice little throwaway touch there for the continuity factor that we're seeing these names on this list. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, no, I like And I like, you know, like Natasha and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, there's people that... People will definitely remember. Like people might not remember um, Mabika and and even Erica. You know, they might not remember that. Like people might not have connected two and two together when he's ringing Erica that that's actually Julia's mother. They might not have realised that. But you know, having the ones like Natasha is a good idea because people remember that because it was only two episodes ago. Yeah, and I do I do but, like this little montage bit though when he's on the phone and you know obviously he's on the phone to Erica and what does he say like oh I wouldn't assume somebody your age would be you know prone to pregnancy scares. <laughs> um, and uh, then, like, obviously, when he's, like, going off at Miss Campton about, oh, you know, when your ass was hanging out, and then just the stop crying, stop crying, stop crying. Who who do you think? Is that Natasha? Is Natasha the one crying? I don't know who the one crying is. Well, I think it's kind of like a montage, isn't it? So we're suggesting that it's probably a few of them. Um, and, and, yeah, and so um, I, I kind of like the whole thing because it's, you know, it, it's Christian finding it very hard to take responsibility for his actions, you know. So um, all these women are basically, you know, Christian's reaction is that they've brought it upon themselves, that they were, you know, they were just as, as responsible for this as he is. Um, and, you know, it's an interesting way of looking at it. That you, And I guess that's the that's the, the kind of journey that Christian's taking through this whole thing is that it's about learning to, to take some more responsibility. I'd love to say that that's a lesson he learns long term. Um, <laughs> not entirely sure that it is, to be fair. I mean, it's, yeah, you, you want to kind of see, uh, I mean, particularly with Natasha, I mean, he just ripped her heart out last episode, so it's yeah. kind of like, shit, how about that? Oh, you know, really sorry for the way I treated you. Uh, by the way, you might have AIDS. Um, so, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's obviously that interesting cut, too, where we're, we're kind of getting uh, intertwined with this scene, uh, another Carver victim. Uh, we're kind of seeing, you know, the Carver attack someone. Um, and this might be the first time we kind of get a bit of a flash of the Carver mask too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you might be right. And you kind of get that, you know, the kind of images kind of um, interposed over each other, you know, where she's kind of been attacked and lying in the, the fetal yeah. position of the bed, and then you kind of cut to you know, Christian in the same position. I think it's all very quiet. You know, artsy and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, just going sure. back to my earlier point as well about you know Christian. You know, it is a bit of a trope of the show that you know Christian has these these things happen to him and he learns this lesson and then by the next episode he's forgotten them again. You know, like I think that is one one little thing that you you know you can critique about the show is that Christian's 
a great character, but I'm not sure that he long-term learned some of his lessons. And, you know, to be fair, that's because it's more entertaining to see him get himself in trouble. Um, so yeah. it's, probably, it's probably something that we can we can kind of watch and, and tick that off a few times. That he'll have something happens to him, and, um, you know, without spoiling anything, I think there's probably quite a big storyline that kind of comes up later on in the series where that happens to him, you know, where he goes through quite a traumatic experience and um, potentially comes out the other side having not learned very much. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think kind of the similar thing with Sean is kind of, which obviously we'll talk a little bit more in the next episode, Sean kind of has a similar thing where kind of he has uh, certain people like dream sequences where he's involved in kind of trying to make him more of a person, which kind of, it happens, but like it's sort of, he keeps needing to be reminded of it too, if you know what I mean. So, you know, Sean's kind of the one who's always going to have these dream areas when Christian's sort of the one who just getting AIDS scares and, you know, things like this. So... Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um, we now cut to Sean's on TV with Andrea Hall. I wonder how Andrea reacted to the news that she might have HIV. Clearly, she reacted fine because she's <laughs> happily interviewing uh, Christian's partner at this point. Yeah, it's actually quite funny. Like, it's nice to have these characters kind of come back and you know intercutting these stories and and making it feel like it's 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 well woven. You're using the same characters and all that kind of thing. But yes, you do kind of have those moments of um you know continuity where Andrea's probably going to be a bit of a nervous wreck for the next few days until she finds out whether she's got AIDS or not. Yeah. Um, she's probably not going to be sitting doing an interview with Christian, but uh, with Sean, but she's a professional. You know, <laughs> yeah, she is a, yeah, she's a true professional. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she's interviewing uh, Sean, obviously, you know, uh, fixing up the carver victims and we get Julia eating ice cream with Brian Heidek on the couch. <laughs> yeah. You said he was only here for one episode. I thought that? he was too. I, I apologize. I, I swear he was, but uh, I, I was think so this is it now. I think I'm pretty certain now that we're going to get no more Brian Heidek from this point. Um, but what does he have his line? Like when... Julie's like, oh, he looks really good. And it's like, oh, yeah, a bit of makeup and a few cameras. Even my dog can look like Demi. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> date this episode when Demi Moore became slightly famous again in the early 2000s after Charlie's Angels 2. Um, yeah. you know. Now he could, could be talking about Lovato. So, you know, well, it's a full circle. <laughs> good, good call there. Well done. You and your pop culture references. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, let's be honest. Julia, like, you're watching TV with your current boyfriend. There's your ex-husband to say, oh, he looks good. I'm going to be a bit of a dick there if I'm sitting there with a girlfriend and all of a sudden her ex-boyfriend's on TV. Oh, he looks good. It's like, really? Yeah, yeah. no, I'd agree with that. We, we can definitely back uh, Brian Heideck up on that one. Yeah, good good job, Brian Heideck. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's not really a lot to say with this, sort of the interview. We're, we're kind of, you know, learning a little bit there, I guess, in terms of, Chris, uh, Sean saying, you know, oh, yes, I do take offense to that, you know, beauty is a curse in the world, you know, it's not, you know, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of an interest. That's obviously going to lead us into what was going to see happen to Sean very shortly. In the meantime, let's cut it in between this and um, a very attractive nurse and a very attractive patient uh, getting his temperature taken. <laughs> I've never seen someone take a temperature like that. <laughs> um, and then I love Kimba. You know, Kim, this is obviously on the set of a Kimba directed porno. And the way Kimba's like, this blowjob is to show that you love him. Really? Uh, I mean, I know this is meant to be a parody in itself, but yeah. I mean, I've never watched porn, uh, you know, full stop, uh, <clears throat> uh, where I thought, oh, that blowjob really means that she loves him. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, the um, it's a bit like Inception, this isn't it? There's like the <laughs> there's there's um, people acting as if they're bad actors, and then there's people who aren't acting but are acting badly. It's 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 like a little treasure trove. It's like a Russian doll. It's like bad actors inside bad actors. Yeah. Uh, 
that sounds a bit wrong. But you know, you, you kind of get. <laughs> I the thing that I mean, look, this scene, this whole sequence is very sweet. Obviously, it's Christian showing up to to see Kimber to sort of you know say like, look, I might be HIV positive, and she's like, well, you know. I'm in porn, we've got to get tested. One bit I've got to say, where she says, it's kind of an unwritten law in this industry for us to get tested. No, I would say it's a written law written that law. you have yeah. to get tested. <laughs> I mean, there's all, it's actually always in the news generally. Like, if one porn actor or actress gets, you know, uh, scare, like, it's always, it's a big thing. Because, I mean, for the most part, porn actors and actresses are very clean, because they have to be. So, yeah. I just love that it's an unwritten law. No, it's a written law, Kimber. You're on the wrong side of the porn industry if it's an unwritten law. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, we know Kimber doesn't have it. And it's, it's just a nice it's a nice little scene between the two when, obviously, Christian's like, you know, look, I've, I've slept with a thousand women, but I've, you know, never been intimate with one. And, you know, Kimber's just like, you know, you were intimate with me. And Christian's little line of like, why are you so good to me? And she's like, because I love you. And, oh, you love the thought of me. And it's just, it's sweet. But, like, the my one criticism of this, and I don't want to criticise this scene because it is such a nice scene given that, as we've always said, it's kind of Kimber and Christian are perfect to each other and it's kind of the ongoing love story between the two. But, I mean, does it not feel slightly out of place, you, in this episode, just because there's nothing more from this? This is it. This is all we get. And then, kind of, we get a nice little scene later on with Christian with Gina. Like, I don't want to take away from this scene because it's great, but to me, it just kind of feels a bit like there needed to be something more with this scene later on or something. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's kind of, again, I, I just sometimes struggle a little bit with the consistency when it comes to Christian because we just had this kind of like three or four episode storyline where he's finally becoming intimate and crying after sex with this woman. And, um, you know, no matter how it ended, that kind of felt like a pretty intimate moment. And it kind of just takes away from that having any meaning, really, because he's now going, I haven't been intimate with anybody. It's like, well, you know, for good or for bad, the kind of way that was portrayed was that you were. Um, and so I guess, you know, in retrospect, you know, I, this is why the whole Natasha thing just doesn't really interest me because I don't think it pays off all that well from what they're trying to tell us. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a hard one for me with, with Christian because I think we kind of, you know, I think we like to play up the fact that he's a, you know, he's a ladies man and, you know, he kind of have sex with everybody and you know, isn't attached to anybody. But, you know, I think we they also hedge their bets a little bit sometimes that they want to make him feel like he is connected to, to certain women. And, you know, Julia being another example of that. So, you know, um, that's that's really hard. You know, it's, yeah, I, I don't really know what to make of this. I think it's, a, you're right, it's a sweet scene, but I'm not entirely sure that it, it kind of jives with the rest of the character that they're building up. Yeah, exactly. And particularly just with, you know, if this was like mid-season and we know we're going to get more Kimber and Gina for the rest of the season, perhaps. But it's just kind of given that this is it for Kimber for this season. Gina, this is it for Gina this season, uh, given what's going to happen in the next episode. Um, so, I don't know. And, like, did we not get a, a scene, was at the end of last episode, with I'm, you know, dining with Kimber tonight. So, it's kind of implied that is Christian starting to see Kimber again? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, but on the grand scheme of things, we know it's going to... It's more Kimber Christian, and obviously we get some nice Gina Christian stuff too, but, um, yeah, just uh, not to take away from the scene, just feels a little bit weird uh, overall. Um, but we then get Sean in the shower. That's uh, <laughs> good old Dylan Walsh naked. We don't get to see his butt yep. this time around, I don't think. But, um, <laughs> this look, this is, this is freaky, this scene, because... I think what this does really well in terms of the shock value is just kind of seeing that face through the uh, the frosted glass because yeah. you're kind of not really expecting it. Um, and then when he's sort of out of the shower, he's brushing his teeth and, you know, l- leans back up again and, you know, dramatic, doom, there he is, uh, the carver, is uh, right behind Sean. Um, 
drug, drugs him straight away. And then we, for the first ever time, we hear the Carver talk and uh, basically he's talking about how it's an awful feeling, feeling totally helpless. Um, and we get him sort of explaining why the Carver is doing this. You know, you're a slave to the tyranny of beauty. You're destroying my work. You know, they call me the Carver. I'm an artist. And basically it all comes down to the fact that we're thinking, oh, shit, you know, he's a Carver. Like, poor Sean's going to get, you know, cut and brutalized and raped. But basically, he just is there to give him a warning. He only cuts one half of his face, says, if you uh, fix one of my uh, masterpieces again, I'll kill you. Um, it's, I mean, it's it scares the shit out of me still. And I've seen this episode how many times? Um, I mean, it's just so tense and just you're not expecting it at all. And, you know, it's our first real look at the carver. We hear him speak. We kind of just see all this, everything else. Uh, I mean... Yeah, it's. I mean, I'll, I'll kind of connect this into just the next scene too. Of course, when obviously uh, Christian, uh, Sean's called Christian, called Julia. The police are there. We find out that the alarm that they spent all that money for is useless because he broke into Matt's room during the day. Um, obviously, he's hasn't been raped. That was kind of Christian's question, and uh, we sort of hear the name Quinton Costa drop for the first time, and that uh, they'll clear everything off the the books the next day uh, to get this fixed up. Uh, I'll, I'll stop it there just before I get to we meet, meeting Quinton. But, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a it's one freaky scene. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, um, I haven't seen any of the American horror story because I'm not a huge horror person. But um, you can totally see, you know, in these scenes how Ryan Murphy is somebody that could do horror really well. It's, you know, the kind of tension's done really well. Um, you know, just every everything about the scene's really good. And, you know, I just kind of, we, we talked about it a little bit, but, you know, um, the actual for lack of a better word, costume that the Carver wears is, is it's kind of perfect really. You know, it's kind of like that whole, um, you know, kind of feels like the Joker almost, you know, it's this um, very theatrical kind of, it's like a cross between the Joker and kind of V for Vendetta type of thing, you know, mm. like this kind of mm-hmm. carnival party mask type thing. Um, but, you know, it's also kind of really creepy. You know, I just like the whole thing where he's got this kind of voice box thing that he turns on to speak. And, you know, the whole thing is just done really, really well. Like, I think the costume is great. And I think this is one of the reasons why the whole Carver storyline really caught on with people, because I think that, you know, it's a scary looking costume. Um, it feels very threatening. Um, and I think it's done really well. I also think the other thing that I really like is how Dylan Walsh kind of acts, you know, as he gets stabbed, he kind of, you know, that kind of pain and then that, you know, couple of seconds realization of what's happened to him. Um, you know, so I think it's, it's all just so well done. And I really like the speech that you get there. It kind of just encapsulates, uh, uh, sorry, encapsulates that just how, you know, what this whole thing's about and kind of, you know, 90 90 to 90 seconds to two minutes you kind of get everything right there and it's um yeah great special effects too great sort of makeup the way they do that with the knife and kind of slicing him because i mean it's very confronting it's very graphic you're seeing him like literally slice his face then and there and i think that's more you know as much as we talked about the cringeworthy factor of a couple of episodes ago when um you know bobolet's cutting his face this one i think is even sort of more because you're just kind of seeing the way that's slicing into his face so um yeah, we obviously, from here, we meet Quentin Costa for the first time. He's flown in from Atlanta. He's the best uh, face guy in all of America, essentially, is he not? Um, and kind of, yeah, keep an eye on Quentin because he becomes a bit of a main character in the next season. Is he actually on the, officially the main cast, Bruno Campos? Uh, yes, he is. He's credited as a main um, character, which is kind of interesting how he has that little throwaway line of like, oh, you know, uh, I'd be tempted to join you or something like that, which I think he does after the surgery. But um I like kind of how you get a bit of an inkling here of uh, of Quinton's character when he's like, oh, you know, we should tear this town up. 
um, you know, because you're kind of thinking he's quitting a bit of a uh, bit of Christian going on there. But um, yeah, we obviously also get a bit of how this is affecting Christian in terms of uh, the HIV status because he's discussing like things twice, and Quinton's just kind of like, oh, you know, you've already discussed that. Uh, and then we get into the surgery, and I like Christian's line there when he says, you know, oh, it's weird you operating on Sean. You know, it's like somebody else sleeping with my wife. Um, and then we get Sean, of course, saying, you know, oh, it's weird being on this side of the table. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously uh, a nice little scene. I, I will say, I like Bruno Campos. Um, I don't know if, I think who Colin and I were joking about this recently on an episode about late 90s random sitcoms. Um, and as a fan of uh, the Christina Applegate sitcom, Jesse, I don't know if you remember that one. Uh, he was like one of the main um, stars of that show. So I remember when he first came on this, I'm like, hey, I know him. Uh, <laughs> that's just a random thing. And he was also in ER around about the same time too as another doctor. So clearly Bruno Campos was getting a bit typecast uh, in the early 2000s. I don't know if you were that familiar with him or if you only know him from this. But uh, I mean, I think he's kind of faded away now as a star. I mean, looking here, he hasn't really been in much recently, but uh, I, I like Bruno Campos. So I, and I like the character of Quinton. Yeah, he's kind of got like that real central casting look, hasn't he? Like it's just, you know, there's, there's nothing kind of... Um that stands out about it, which sounds horrible, but you know, like he's a good looking guy, but there's nothing, you know, you couldn't say, Oh, you know, Bruno Campos, explain what he looks like in, in 30 seconds. You couldn't really do it. Cause he just looked, you know, very generic kind of looking guy, good looking guy that kind of comes into this role. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it's really good. I, I do like the line where, you know, he talks about, it's like, you know, somebody sleep with my wife and he says, I'll be gentle. You know, I, I, I do like that. I think he's, um, he brings a bit of a different dynamic, um, which is is really good. It, he kind of walks into this role and, and kind of just feels. And you obviously you're saying that we're going to see more of him in season three, so um, we're going to see more of him. Um, and I think he kind of yeah just walks into this and feels like he you know he fits in straight away. Well, he's definitely he hasn't been in anything since 2011, according to IMDb. And just to show, like, sort of where he was potentially leading and kind of faded away, in 1999, he was on TV Guide's list of 16 sexiest stars on TV. In 1998, he was chosen as one of the sexiest men alive by People magazine. So, um, you know, he was a star on the rise, kind of faded out, sadly. So, um, yeah, but we'll see more of Bruno Campos a little bit more moving through into, uh, into season three as he becomes part of the main cast. Um, so we now then cut back to Christian Eddie's house. He's got a giant dog. We see Wilbur and James, sorry, Gabriel and James, um, <laughs> yeah. are back. And, um, yeah, we, we kind of get a, a nice little, uh, scene here between the two of them. And, uh, obviously we've got James sort of talking about, you know, will I die? And kind of Christian sort of like, oh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And, um, you know, the nice little line there from James about how, like, you know, oh, you let your guard down of responsibility for one moment, and this is, like, you know, potentially going to rule my entire life. He's obviously gotten a baby out of it. He could potentially get AIDS out of it. So, you know, fair enough. Um, and then, obviously, we get this nice little communication between the two about, oh, how's, you know, how's Wilbur slash Gabriel been? And, you know, and then we obviously get uh, James' line, how's Gina? And Christian's like, she can rot. Um, but then we get that nice little line of, from James, you know, I've hated Gina. Then, you know, I look at Gabriel and see some good in her. It's kind of a nice little scene. And obviously we hear from James there that like, oh, if I do have this or he does have it, you know, I want you to be, uh, my doctor. Um, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head, this might be the last time we see James. I don't know if you can remember if we do see him more, but this might be the last on screen appearance by James. 
Yeah, you're talking to the wrong person because I don't remember what happened. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember broad strokes. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm not entirely sure, but I, I totally agree with everything you're saying there. I think it's really well acted. And I think, um, you know, the, the guy who plays James is, is a good actor and he kind of comes in and he brings a bit of gravitas to this. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's another one of those things, I think, that, um, you know, Christian kind of brings it out of people. You know, just every conversation he kind of has with people is amazing. Um, and you know, and I think that kind of it kind of speaks to Julian McMahon as an actor that every time he has a scene with somebody, it's it's just pretty incredible, really. And um, one of the things I really like is this scene here. You know, where um, James is with Wilbur and he's kind of saying, you know, getting him to say, you know, he's speaking loads and and you know, kind of is trying to get him to say, Daddy, and just that kind of look on Christian's face. It's just that mm. that that, that non verbal acting that that um is happening there is pretty amazing really yeah uh, i completely agree and yeah just to confirm my uh thought process this is the last time we ever see james uh, at least on screen he's mentioned uh but i can't really go into that without spoiling it too much um we get sean back in the recovery suite and uh you know, he's miraculously got a tiny scar on his face. Guess Quinton really is a good surgeon. Um, so, yeah, we get that little line there from Quinton saying, like, oh, unless you can make me one of your own in terms of, like, coming onto staff. Just um, just remember that little line. Um, and, yeah, where's Liz in all of this? Liz really doesn't give a shit that Sean got attacked <laughs> because, like, Liz isn't there. Um, we then, the detective guy's back. There's been another victim and uh, of the carver, and they've left a bit of a dare. He, the carver's left a bloodied uh, McNamara Troy card, and this time the uh, victim's, of course, at Matt's school as well. Um, so, obviously, it's sort of a dare, like, you know, I dare you to work on one of my victims, because, of course, he said, don't work on my victims again, or I'll kill you. So, this is kind of like, you know, oh, well, what will he do? And then we cut, obviously, back to Sean at home. Here's Julia. Uh, she's there to pick up Annie, but where is Annie? We don't know. <laughs> Clearly just chilling in the lounge room in the closet again. <laughs> just whatever. Matt's also not in this episode, too. So there's a few people who aren't in this episode. Um, but we just kind of get this scene with Julia looking after Sean. Um, and what's the line that Julia says? It constantly amazes me what you plastic surgeons can do. And then it's kind of like, well, hang on a minute. You've always ripped shit into our job. And it's like, oh, you know, time away from you. Maybe it's like, oh, you know, I can see you for Sean. It's, you know, nice little scene. Um, but then of course we get Sean basically saying, oh, you know, you should stay here or I should look after you or something. What does she say? I've got Kevin and I'm not alone. I've got Kevin. He's with me. (laughs) It's kind of like, oh yeah, sure. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> he's going to shoot a puppy. He's he's going to shoot a puppy. <laughs> he's starring in porn. Uh, <laughs> 39 day business trips. Um, and this kind of, it's just a conversation really of like, should I do the surgery or shouldn't I? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's nice. I, I kind of like the throwaway line there too, where, she, where he's like, oh, you can stay in Matt's room. Oh, I think Matt found a way to pirate the adult channels and they just laugh about it. It's kind of like, oh, ha, 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 ha. Our son's like watching porn. Um, it's like, what? <laughs> like, this is the, the prudish family that didn't want him having threesomes a season ago? Um, yeah. I, I suppose the fact that he's, the, you know, him and Ava have got something, well, I'm, you know, that, that kind of, you know, pirating the porn channel probably seems like, you know, it's like when you were a kid and things that you did when you were a kid is, um, you know, they seem bad then, but in reality it was nothing. It's kind of like that, I guess. Well, I never did anything like that, Nick. Um, never. No, I wouldn't not. watch porn growing up. It's disgusting. Absolutely. No, definitely. Um, 
Yeah, I think this, um, is, I think this is a really good scene though because I think what yeah. this is doing is it's starting to really open that window that um, these two might get back together. Really, you know that it's not it's not all over, um, and you know I, I think that that's really important going forwards because um, I think if you you if you kind of leave the season thinking that these two are definitely you know nothing can kind of happen here and you know I, I think that would probably be the wrong impulse. I think you have to think that there is some hope here as, as we leave this this season. So I think it's the right thing to do. Um, I think probably there's a little bit of overacting happening here by Jolly Richardson, but um, I'm always a little bit critical of that. Um, but but generally speaking, I think um, kind of the dialogue's really good. I you know I like what I'm hearing from these two. I think that, you know it's kind of the right thing. You know I, I, I it's one of those scenes where I think they actually kind of work really well off each other for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, you know, we're going to sort of get a little bit more next episode too about the, oh, will they, won't they get back together? Um, which, I mean, look, at the time right now, it's great. It's fine. You know, we don't care about it. But in about three seasons' time, we do care about it. <laughs> but, yeah, jumping ahead. But, yeah, no, I, I don't want to take away the scene. I agree with everything you said there. Uh, we obviously then see that uh, Sean has decided to work on this uh, Carver victim. Uh, her parents specifically did ask for uh, Sean, and he's going ahead with it. And, again... Liz isn't there. Nurse Linda is. So, cool. And neither is Christian. Why, why isn't Christian there? Uh, why is it just Sean? <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, but we kind of end the um, the episode, this nice little scene where Christian goes to visit Gina in hospital. We find out that Gina's got no health insurance. She's in some really shitty hospital where the only doctor and staff, his third language is English. Um, and, uh, yeah, she didn't want to ask Christian for money, which is a first. Um, and... Yeah, I think it's just a nice little scene where obviously Gina's asking about how Wilbur is and then kind of, you know, she doesn't want to die alone and Christian just removes his jacket and lies next to her and just cuddles her and just these nice little stories, you know, I'll remember this time when Wilbur did this and remember this time that Wilbur did that. And it's kind of like, as much as we're, you know, shipping Kimber and Christian more so, I'd say, than Gina, because, you know, Kimber and Christian work more as an overall couple than Gina and Christian do. Uh, It's just kind of, obviously Gina and Christian have this thing that can never, that Kimber can't have because they shared a child sort of together. So, I mean, it's a nice little scene. It's kind of going back onto this Christian, you know, he's, he's deep down caring. And I should also mention he's found out he doesn't have HIV, by the way, people, in case you were wondering. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a nice little scene between these two. And I think it's a nice little way to end the episode. Yeah, totally, and um, I, I think it kind of, as, as we talked about, it kind of shows that growth pattern in, in Christian throughout this episode, at least. And um, yeah, I think it's really nice. That we're, hopefully, we're learning that you know he he kind of sees people for their, their value, um, and you know he can kind of see past the, all the horrible things that Gina's done and, and the kind of good that she's brought into his life in a, in a roundabout way. I'm not quite sure that I would um, feel the same way. Um, you know, I still think that there's a lot of miseries kind of coming through, through the door because of Gina. So I'm not quite sure I'm, I'm there with him, but I do get the journey and, and, you know, I kind of really like that. Um, I think probably the only thing I would say about the scene that I don't really like is, you know, when they're telling the, the, the stories about Wilbur is that I think the dialogue feels a bit corny, you know, like, and, and it only stands out because the dialogue on the show is normally so good that, you know, when it's not absolutely perfect, you, you notice it. Um, so it's, it's a rare kind of tiny, tiny misstep on what is otherwise a, a really, really good episode. Good point. Didn't think about it that way, but yeah, I agree with you. Um, and of course with Gina, I guess, uh, I mean, last time we see this season, but similar, we're talking about Bruno Campos, um, Gina Russo, Jessalyn Gilsig is, uh, credited as a main cast member, uh, in season three. So, uh, get used to seeing a little bit more of Gina 
moving forward uh, because there's a few people in season three that get added to the uh, the main cast list uh, alongside our uh, four that we love. Obviously, Liz was uh, added to the main cast this season. Um, but yeah, so uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that, of course, next uh, season. Now, before we look ahead to the finale of uh, Nip Tuck Season 2, we've obviously got to rate this episode. Um, for those tuning in for the very first time, our rating system, of course, is buy it. We loved it. Rent it. It was okay. And bin it, we thought it was terribly shit. So, uh Nick, what, what did you think of uh, episode 15, Nip Tuck Season 2? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a buy for me. I think it's... Um, I, I definitely hear kind of some of the, the critiques maybe that, that you've kind of talked through um, with with me. Um, but yeah, I, I still think it's a really good one. I think it kind of... Um, it, again, I think you, we've kind of got this like two or three episodes leading into the finale where they tie up a lot of loose ends that we can kind of get into that finale and just kind of, you know, roll into it. And I think this is one that that really just ties it up. I think there's some phenomenal moments of acting here. And I think whereas in a lot of episodes of Nip Tuck, the kind of secondary story or whatever it might be is, is not always that strong. You know, it might be the, the patient, you know, that we get for that episode is not, it's not all that strong. And it doesn't really link to the rest of the story. I think both the big storylines we've got going here, obviously the Carver thing and then the stuff with Christian, it's, it's all really, really strong. Um, we get lots of cool little tiebacks to, you know, stuff that's happened in this season and even the first season. So, for me, there's lots of reasons to really love this episode, so it's definitely a buy for me. Completely agree. Buy it for sure. Um, I mean, I pretty much agree with all of your points. I, you know, obviously had a few little critics about it, criticisms about it, but, you know, I think you can't take away from a, you know, an important episode, obviously, with the Carver storyline, setting up a few things in the future uh, in terms of someone like, you know, Quentin and just how this is going to play out with the Carver leading into the next episode too, particularly how, you know, we'll end this season on, so... Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said there. Uh, we're now moving in, of course, to the finale of Season 2. And, oh, God, this episode. Just, I'm going to say this right now. I think this is one of the greatest episodes of television ever. I said that, of course, a few episodes ago about Julia McNamara. But there is just so much going on in this next episode. Uh, some twists galore in it. One of the biggest reveals and one of the biggest twists that you did not see coming in all of TV history. And just the way, to me, this season ends, too. Um, yeah, I can't speak highly about the finale of Nip Tuck uh, of season two. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't know your general thoughts on it, but I'm looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's a really good episode. I mean, um, I think probably um, your mileage may vary depending on how much you uh, you like our kind of our main story that happens there. And, I mean, I, I do really like it. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it, it, it's a really good it's the first cliffhanger as well, you know, because we didn't have that in season one. So, yeah, definitely lots to talk through there. That that's going to be fun, and definitely sort of trope of Nip Tuck because, um, I mean, we have cliffhangers. Um, we don't really have one in season three. Sort of, kind of have one in season four. Season five, depending on where you classify that season as ending, there's kind of two cliffhangers because it's kind of a two part season. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's kind of interesting that you sort of get used to, but I, I would probably argue the best of the cliffhangers that we get in Nip Tuck, but, uh, we'll get to that, of course. Uh, in the meantime, if you enjoy these episodes and you want to give us some feedback, you can, of course, uh, do so by heading to iTunes, Stitcher or Spotify, and you can leave us some feedback, rate these uh, episodes or rate the podcast in general. And of course, while you're there, subscribe and you'll get these episodes directly to your device. If you're on social media, and let's be honest, if you're not in 2017, then you're a little bit of a loser, uh, but we still love you anyway. <laughs> I just call out listeners a loser. Good job, Ben. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and on YouTube as well, because that's generally uh, how you do it. 
And uh, yeah, we appreciate any feedback. If you want to send us in a question or any sort of comments on Nip Tuck as well, by all means, we appreciate that as well. But uh, we're going to close this one out. Look forward to the finale. Joan Rivers is that episode title. Hmm, I wonder if Joan Rivers is going to be in the next episode. My name is Ben, and I too can crap like an Olympian. <laughs> and I'm Nick, and miss with another one of my masterpieces again, and next time I'll kill you. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.